0: Welcome, welcome to the Sharpway Show. I'm so happy that everybody is here this evening, 7 p.m. on the East Coast. And I know some of you were like, Larry, I missed you Wednesday and Thursday. I know I missed you guys, too. However, however, I was out and about running around New York State. I was in Staten Island um, two days ago, and then I was at N- in Nassau County uh, yesterday. So I'm not abandoning everyone. Just you guys, not New York. Sorry. So, yes, but uh, I'm still around doing what I always do, trying to stay busy. So, thank you all for still watching. But I am very lucky today. I have with me this evening someone who's going to help us understand a little bit more about some, I think, new and different ideas and concepts. The man himself, Bob McNeely. How are you, sir? Yes, I'm, the, I'm good. Wild, yes, it does. Yes, you are wearing a cool hat, and your hat says "tusk" on it. Yes, sir. I,
1: I don't think that stands for elephants. Tell me what that tusk means. It does. We got a little elephant, mm-hmm. and they just got, some, and they got just some cool patches recently too. So.
0: That is cool, uh, but I, I, I don't think you're talking about elephants.
1: No, we're not. It's just a mascot. Tusk stands for the Universal Settlement Coin, and we're a non-ICO crypto project. It's been around for a little while, and we are focused on providing payments, using crypto payments for marginalized industries, um, and then we actually are- Hold on now. I ed- you're saying
0: cool stuff, but I want to make sure people get what the cool stuff is. You just said for
1: marginalized industries. Tell me what that means. So long story short, the going back to about 2012, the government put pressure on banks to yeah. uh, marginalize certain industries that they found distasteful, yes. and mm-hmm. that came under a thing called Operation Choke Point. Um, yep. And those industries would be things like, uh, well, even now it includes cannabis, but it would include mm-hmm. things like payday lenders and gambling yep. and prostitution and pornography and guns. And
0: all the things that we as Americans have rights to have access to.
1: Exactly. Correct. And so, yes. um, so we created a cryptocurrency non ICO crypto project a few years ago to kind of not only create technology that was, you know, being used, but there's lots of crypto projects out there, but sure. uh, we're a little more focused, laser focused on, you know, one particular industry in the beginning. And we actually spent our time actually working with that industry to help bring awareness to crypto and get adoption of crypto. And that's the firearms industry in the United States. Sure. Um, sure. We decided to focus on that industry and then work our way out. Once we got some traction, kind of like the Amazon approach, Amazon started as a bookstore, got traction, worked out. We feel that um, the gun industry is a great place to start for crypto because we We think that, well, one, they have a really big and recognized problem. The thing is, a lot of crypto people, they want to sell crypto to people that don't have a problem that crypto solves. And in fact, a lot of cases, crypto makes more, you know, creates more problems than it solves. Let me touch that piece, too. I like what you're
0: saying, right? You're saying that in this case, whether you're a crypto proponent or you don't care or opponent, whatever you feel, there are certain industries that have been attacked by the government. Mm-hmm. That crypto actually solves the problem. So wait a minute. What you're saying is the government imposed something and then the market came up with a solution to stop it. What? Amazing. Amazing. That is crazy what you're saying. It's as that- if it's as if the market's more efficient than government or something
1: you what? might think. Um, and so we always say, look, it's like if you want to get adoption for crypto, you got to do a couple of things. One, you're getting to get mass adoption. You need to do mass marketing. You have to get out sure. there and, and and do sales. Think of crypt, a lot of people that are in crypto products don't understand that even though they may not be a company, you need to think like a company, right? You need to right. think about customers and sales and marketing and, and all that kind of business development, right? And so, and I'm not a developer. I, I'm an entrepreneur. So we have a mm-hmm. team of people that, but we're a little balanced. We have entrepreneurs and we have developers and things, um, but I said let let's focus on you know introducing crypto to people that have a recognized problem with payments, and right. so that's where Makes we started. Sense. And and we started with the gun industry for, for a couple reasons. Um, and so far, we are in deep talks with know. some big companies.
0: I, I know why already, because buying a firearm with cryptocurrency is a libertarian wet dream.
1: Uh, kind of, um, and you are my yes. favorite libertarian, by the way. Yes. Um, but. <laughs> Thank you. No, you are actually. Um, cause you're like the same that like I met you in person before, and like you're mm-hmm. just like yourself on this, you know, show as you are in person. You're that's true. And you're you're calm. You're, you know, you're rational. You're not like talking about moonbeam lasers and, and things like that. You're talking about real stuff. And I like that. I like people that are pragmatic. Um, So uh, and and I think that we're trying to be pragmatic with crypto. Right. So the gun industry is the 50 billion dollar industry. Yep. There's 55,000 gun licensed gun retailers in the United States. Um, They are barred from using any third party payment option like PayPal or Venmo or Cash App or Square or Stripe, all those, not because of laws, but because of banking regulations, you know, policies. Um, Then on top of that, of all the distasteful, quote unquote, you know, industries that have been attacked by the government, um, Mm -hmm. the firearms industry is the only one that's explicitly protected by the Constitution. Second Amendment. Right. So we said that's a good place to start sure Um, and so far the response is hard right like this is one thing with like like a lot of crypto projects they're not actually going out to industry and trying to solve problems for people they're just trying to worry about one one moon lambo moon bags kind of stuff and and we spend we don't spend our time hyping you know coin price we spend our time talking to people and trying to get big companies to consider crypto there's something that i think is special about your crypto and I know a lot of people love Bitcoin.
0: I love Bitcoin too. So, I love so Bitcoin. Do I. Please please enjoy Bitcoin. But what you've told me is, if I remember right, now correct me if I'm wrong, I'm trying to get my memory right here, that one of the biggest advantages Tusk has over many other coins, including Bitcoin, is, is how fast your transaction is.
1: Am I right with that? Yeah. Uh, and in fact, uh, we just finished our first hard fork literally like a week ago, and we're just getting our new wallet up and running, and and I, we actually increased our speed time. So our right, right now our, our our average transaction time is about 1.6 seconds. Um, we do not have uh, that's that's fast. And then we don't have any fees for retailers at all. There's zero percent transaction fee for retail if they want to accept Tusk. Um, the only fees in Tusk are paid by the buyer, which is reverse of credit cards, but that's kind of standard for crypto. But we have a flat fee. There's no gas or surge pricing or congestion pricing. So right now you can move any amount of value of tusk for 50 tusk, which is about a half a penny. And mm-hmm. that happens almost instantaneously. And then we also have human readable account names. We're a delegated proof of stake blockchain. Um, that's that's a different type than Bitcoin and there's pros and cons to every type of blockchain out there. Yeah, and, absolutely. Um, and so but we're really fast and we were kind of created with kind of a, a problem in mind. So before we ever started coding, we went, but hold to on, hold on.
0: I, I want to go to that two types of blockchain. Cause most of my audience <clears throat> understands the concept of blockchain, but mm-hmm. most of them don't know the difference between what you got. You're about to say. So tell me the difference between those two.
1: There's like three. All right. So I'll, see. Well, you I'll to two, two, the... you're basically, basically
0: Bitcoin and you.
1: Yeah. So proof of, so there's multiple types of consensus or how transactions are basically permanently committed to a blockchain and if you think yeah. of a blockchain i like to say in the simplest terms it's like a da- it's like a slow database yep. spread across a bunch of different independently controlled and operated computers and when yep. a transaction is committed to that memory or to that ledger across all the a certain number or quorum of those computers. That record is made permanent, it's immutable, it. can't be changed. And so, then hold on, are you saying a
0: quorum of computers? I want to make sure you understand that. In that other words, means a cer- not just one computer,
1: it's right. got to be a certain amount to make it real. Correct. Correct. Got it. And then that, and those transactions are publicly viewable on most blockchains through what we call a Block Explorer website. So you don't need Got to, it. so this is where like most cryptocurrencies are not anonymous, but who, because you can see, you know, um, if you could look at a Block Explorer on almost every blockchain, you can see that there's a, a wallet here and a wallet there and a transaction goes back and forth, but you don't know who owns the wallets, but you can see the transaction.
0: Got it. Okay. So, so you it's know not a, that something happened, but you may not know who actually did it.
1: You don't, yes. And you don't know who owns the, unless somehow some people can, you know, link you to a wallet, you don't necessarily know who owns that wallet. That's where it's, that's where people get confused. They think all, all cryptos are anonymous and they're not. There are some that are completely anonymous, but most are pretty open and transparent. Bitcoin and Tusk both operate with that idea. Um, so Bitcoin, so, so in Bitcoin, it's a, it's the first biggest and best. Blockchain out there, um, it's you know it's uh, basically called a proof of work blockchain, <clears throat> and what that means is that you have to have special computers now to even have a chance at mining Bitcoin. You have to have these really expensive things like called you know ASICs, which are made only by a couple of companies in China, and and these ASICs have to solve. They compete with one miner or one right. server competes with the next by solving puzzles. Mm-hmm. And these puzzles and whoever f- basically solves the puzzles quickest or fastest generally gets rewarded with block rewards. The people who do that are called miners on um, sure. Bitcoin blockchain and those people. And that type of blockchain means those computers are doing work. The work is solving puzzles. Um, yep. And 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 so that's called a proof of work blockchain. Um, the other type that's really common is called proof of stake. And then ours is a little subset of that called delegated proof of stake. So proof of stake is done a little differently. You don't need special computers. Computers and hardware oh, okay. um, to, to operate proof of stake, but you have to actually lock up or stake your coins to be a validator or a witness note or a quote unquote minor. They're kind of used interchangeably, but they do it a little differently. And then in our blockchain, which is delegated proof of stake, you actually elect um, what we call a block producer to the so position. So you've to kind of have
0: a democracy within, within your system.
1: With our blockchain, and there's a couple that do also, um, mm-hmm. but in our blockchain, there is no CEO. We're not a company. We're a decentralized project and all decision-making around Tusk. Are done on our blockchain through an extensive voting system. Libertarians will appreciate that. Um mm-hmm. so for instance, if you want to do work for the blockchain, uh you can put in a worker proposal. It gets voted on by the community. If it gets approved, you get paid to do that work. If you nice. want to be on the committee to work on some of the variable pieces of the blockchain, you can get elected by the community. If you want to be a block producer, you can put in your hat and it's competitive and you become yeah. a, and it's a all campaign. voluntary. It's all voluntary. So you've basically just, you've just created a libertarian
0: socialist society. Yeah, basically. Uh, some people's heads just exploded right now. Like you, I can hear them happening all over the world, but you've just done that. You've just created a, So you can opt in if you want to or not. You can vote if you want to or not do the work if you want to or not take yep. tusk or not. And in yep. every case, everyone can vote. You can vote on who does what or not. It's, yep. it's literally libertarian socialism.
1: Yeah. One and one Tusk is one vote. So, you know, if go. you have more stake in the game and, and we just did this upgrade called a hard fork, which is going to did a bunch of things. We added a bunch of security features, but we also created some extra incentives uh, to prevent bad actors coming in ah, and sure. buying mm-hmm. a bunch of Tusk and then voting on things they shouldn't to take down the network. And now we have like um, lockout periods and you have to basically lock up your coins for a long, longer period of time now. So that, you can't just go buy up a bunch of Tuscan exchange, move over, try to do bad things to the network, then sell it. You have to sit there and, you know, put you have to lock up those coins and stake them for six months. Um, gotcha. And then okay. that means that it's you're you're it just disincentivizes people from being, right. you know, malevolent. It's a whole
0: actors. lot harder for someone to be a bad actor. If that's the situation, it's a whole lot harder. It's, it's going to cost them one way or the other. Right. Gotcha. All right. Let me grab a couple of comments. Got A lot of comments. <laughs> in Rich. You know, Rich, Rich. Hughes. He <coughs> says, Larry, Rich. Rob. Hey, guys going on rich good to see you so rich wants to know how do you get a tusk hat how does he how do you get one of those
1: you know this is kind of interesting because um i think you can go to Tuskmerch.com. i think one of our community you members said no you have to know T- i don't sell merchandise so one of the community members i think it's tusc merch.com i think I'm that gonna is the check website. it right now tusk i should check it I, I feel bad .com. um is buys, is trying to sell some hats.
0: There it is. That's what it is. Yes. We're trying to move some hats. Rob, come on. Let's move some hats. Exactly. And it so is, it's tuskmerch.com. That's accurate. I, I wish I had the link or I don't, but if you want to, his, what is, his hat, T-U-S-C, right? dot hcom And you can buy the hat or a shirt or something if you like the Tusk stuff. So, yes, that's how you get one. Good
1: and and oh. understand that um, that's not a feel. That's not we're not a company. So anybody could set up a Tush shirt store, and and people have done that. So yes. just understand that that's part of a decentralized project. I'm not the CEO. I'm just like extroverted guy that does interviews. Yes, <laughs> with the absolutely, project. I
0: love it. Um, but there's it. a and lot of shows. I've seen you at shows too. You go there too. You don't just do interviews. You go to shows. I've seen you. Absolutely, absolutely. Go to shows. Absolutely. Go speak at events and so, you know try to spread uh, the gospel. <laughs> Lyndon says, like, comment, share, don't. Yes, Uh, let me cover that real fast. Please like, comment, share. This stuff gets shadow banned. If you noticed, when I put in the links, I actually purposely misspelled certain words so it wouldn't be so easily picked up in the algorithms because they'll shadow ban me if I even talk about something like this. (laughs) So I purposely misspelled them with like an at and stuff so that people wouldn't necessarily just immediately pick it up. You're right. Thank you, Lyndon. If you want to hear about this stuff, You know I get shadow banned, like, comment, and share. That gets around the shadow ban, right? So please do that to the best of your ability. It does matter. But it's the second piece I'm going to ask you to, and that is sponsor the show if you want to. How? Help me out by taking the Identity Politics and Political Correctness Survey. Do that. That link right there, click on that link right there. That takes you to my sponsors. And my sponsors, of course, are the advocates, right? The Advocates of Self-Government. These are great surveys. It makes people talk about real issues. Take these surveys, share them with your friends, have the conversations, share them online. My sponsor happy and it's free. Look at that. Like, comment, share, free. Taking this survey and sharing it, free. You're saying, Larry, I love you so much that I don't only want to do free stuff. I want to give you money. You can, you can support the Sharp Way by heading up to patreon.com slash Sharp Way. Supporting me for 10 bucks a month. 25 bucks a month if you want to support the show. That helps my team keep getting pages and keep making content. You see all the cool things we have? You click our link tree, all the goodies we have, to include even a TikTok. Yes, I have a TikTok account. That comes from what you guys are doing, your support. Do you do the, dance? do you do the dances matter. on the TikTok? I need to do the dance. I haven't. That's my next step.
1: So, yes. I will I'll watch a TikTok in. if you're doing
0: dances, isn't it? See? I got to do that. That's it. I have to be dancing next. So, if you can do that, please do that. So, now that I went down that road. Let me go down the road. I want to go with you, if I could, Rob. to something else. What is some that? people understand blockchain in general? Many of them understand cryptocurrencies in general, but there's something kind of newer that's come out recently that a lot of people don't get at all, and that's Neither. the NFT. NFTs help me to understand what is it? Non fungible token. Non-fungible so, token. Help yep. me understand what an NFT is.
1: So NFTs essentially are a type of token, a type of crypto token that okay. does write on a blockchain. Okay. Um, but instead of its purpose being about trying to be money, okay, let's just say it's not money. It's designed right. to um, hold information. I guess it's a simple way. But it's still has the same cryptographic features, meaning that you can't move this token without having your crypto keys. But the difference between crypto NFTs and regular crypto is that you can attach digital data or files, multimedia files to that crypto token and trade them. And so the, the big applications that are really popular right now are digital art and digital music. And, digital okay. videos. and so what's happened in the last probably a good year and a half, two years, when these started digital art started becoming a little popular, people have been um, releasing art as NFTs. And what that means is that you can then sell these NFTs, these tokens on c- certain websites that are like okay. NFT marketplaces. Um, the biggest is OpenSea. And it's I like have the seen eBay. OpenSea is yep. like the eBay of NFT marketplaces. I think they did like a billion and a half, a billion point eight million, one point eight billion dollars in transactions in August of that NFT it? art. If that's it, right? <laughs> that's so a, it's not a small thing. But just... what's happening? And there are several types of digital art, but a lot of t- what's happening is is that this is democratizing people artists, so um, let's just say you're an artist and you can digitize your art, whether you scan and take a picture of it or do it natively in like digital you know, you know Photoshop or Illustrator. You can then go to OpenSea and you could mint that basically, when I say minting, that means you're bonding uh, a piece of uh, digital art to a token. Okay, the token is the part that moves around the blockchain. Right. But what you can do is that you can then sell those. You can trade those. But hold on. Um,
0: So all I'm selling, though, is the NFT. I'm selling the the, I'm selling the the ledger. Right. I mean, that's what I'm actually selling. I'm selling the ledger, but the physical art. It's still physical art that people could copy,
1: right or no? So, so did usually you can do both. So right now, people are mostly doing digital, digital art right now, um, and so yeah, a lot of people, the naysayers of NFTs say, "I can right click and download your NFT, and what can you do about it?" Well, the things you can't do about it is sell it or claim you have ownership rights to it, just like any pirated movie. I see. And and what NFTs allow for is that if, and again, these are on a blockchain as well. And so what happens is every time those NFTs get traded, there's a provenance, a permanent immutable provenance. So if you look at a lot of just say artwork and collectibles out there, right? Anybody in that space will know one of the biggest problems are fraud. Right. It's fraudulent. How did you know that this is not a fake? Is, is it a fake? Is it a fake Rembrandt? Is it a fake whatever? Right. Um, is it a fake signature for that baseball card that was signed by that famous baseball player? Well, What happens is um, especially and it's easier with digital art, but it, it applies similarly, is that you have this provenance now that can show you that I have this digital cryptographic token. And in this history, this this token used to be in this wallet. And before that, it was this wallet and this wallet. And the first wallet was the guy who made it. So now Got I have it. this so that's permanent. That's how I know what the re, who, who's the real owner, who, who is the creator, and who's the owner. So you can prove ownership rights based on that token's history, um, and and but it gets a lot deeper than that. But the art is what everybody's talking about because there I want to go ma- one,
0: one step further here.
1: Does sure. does now the ledger says that it went from
0: guy A to gal B to guy C to gal D, mm-hmm. but <clears> does it say how much it went for? Yes. Uh, do I know how many? Tusk or Bitcoin or whatever is the thing, do I know yes. how much
1: it went for? So, so you can see how much it was paid for to move it along. So that's part of that transaction. Same with Bitcoin or any transaction. So, on the, from the blockchain perspective, NFTs don't look very much different than any other crypto token moving around. Right. Um, they do have some different features to them. But it on the blockchain through a block explorer, it looks the same. But what happens is you have different metadata in that token that links to the file. And then has information about the file when it was created, who's owned it previously. Um, and that's what's different about it. Now, okay, say, let's just say you're not into digital collectibles. Okay, let's say that these are like digital Pokemon cards. Okay, um, sure. Ha- having that provenance is important for any collectible. But what also is interesting is that if you not only do you have the provenance, but you can see real-time what it's worth compared to others on these marketplaces. Um, but you also have that digital rights capability. So um, some of the tokens or some of the blockchains are now looking at building in permanent royalties into the contract, the, what we call the smart contract on the blockchain. When it gets issued, it creates a contract with that blockchain. And the idea is that every time it's sold, the original creator could get a royalty. And in so fact, we're I make at-
0: some cool artwork, right? I make mm-hmm. some cool... Whatever, a picture of I don't know, glasses. I mean a cool picture of glasses. Someone right. really likes it. They buy it for it'd be amazing, a bitcoin. That'd be awesome. They mm-hmm. buy it for a bitcoin, that's how valuable it is. Then every time someone sells it, I get whatever, one hundredth or one thousandth of a Bitcoin every time it moves?
1: So that will be where some of the blockchains are going. Now, I know different blockchains have that feature. Others don't. So it also depends on which blockchain you're issuing or minting your NFTs on. And there's multiple blockchains that do it. And, in fact, it's looking a lot like next year Tusk will be doing that, too. So where we Uh just did our upgrade to allow for asset and NFT creation on our blockchain. There's no... Open Sea on Tusk yet? I can say that there probably will be one next year, and so we are getting into that space as well with asset creation, and it does overlap with our original mission a lot. So there's some interesting things we're going to do with NFTs that haven't been done before. Um, I like that, but but that's what's real exciting about it. So, but here's so, the thing: that's just the basics of digital art. But let, NFTs let me, will let me, before a lot we more go there?
0: Than- let me let me take some more comments. People are commenting. I want to grab a couple more comments if I could. People are asking how do you buy tusk it's not on coinbase is it like how do you get it
1: so we're on a couple of exchanges we're not on any big exchanges yet so it's kind of clunky right now but the uh, the best exchange i would look at right now it would be bolo lex or x markets those are the only two i really think are Can you decent both of those bolo lex b-o-l-o-e-x and then x markets e-x markets those are go. two right now. I would not buy them Probit. Probit seems to be doing some fishy stuff, so I can't recommend anybody voting, um, buying there. And then we're going to be, we're in talks with several big exchanges in the United States. So looking like next year, we'll be on some American exchanges. So it's just, okay. that's a growth process. And that's just kind of how it is. We're not a big project that we're growing. Um, and yep. you have to be a certain size to get on an American. American exchanges are super hard to get on. There's a billion dollar market cap project right now. That's US based. It's totally not illegal security. They can't even get on Coinbase, and so it's like wow. it's okay. challenging. And part of that also has to do with the Bit License, which is your state hates crypto. I um, know, I know. If, if the if the if the, if the, if the if New Yorkers are smart and they do the right
0: thing, that will end in twenty twenty three. Bit License is stupid; it should not exist. as a terrible idea.
1: You, you know, yes. I don't even bet you know how corrupt Bit License is, too. So. Oh no, no, I I know the whole story on how corrupt it is. I you know, you know guy, I know the know guy's know, name who did it. So, do you know how even more corrupt it is as of last year or earlier this oh year? God, more, how can it get more corrupt? They, this is why. So, they created a new framework on how exchanges in the United States who want to sell to New Yorkers have to get a bit. license. to get a bit license, um, the state of New York has a green list. Yep. So, they said if your token is on the green list, any bit license exchange can trade it. If, you're, if, a, if a coin isn't on the green list, they have to go through a big process with new york bit license to get it approved which is really challenging but here's the thing i actually reached out to them and i said you know i want to get on american exchanges and they're not going to go through a bunch of hoops with the state of new york just to list us right i just don't think that's reasonable so i said i want to get on i want to get our crypto on your green list so then i can go approach bit license american exchange and say look we're already there oh guess what you can't apply how do you get on the new york bit license green list they won't tell you. They are just picking winners and losers. Actually, so, you explain- have to
0: find the right consulting company, pay them a consulting <clears throat> fee, then they will get you on the list. Well, if you and know the, the company, guy who <laughs> runs the consulting fee, the consulting company is literally the guy who made the bit license.
1: Mm.
0: He made the bit license when he ran the uh, financial um, um, uh, department here in New York State. He made the bit license, then quick to become a bit license consultant, so
1: that he could walk through the maze that he built. You know, it sounds a lot like the cannabis and consultants it's that were like exactly in the all same. the states. Where, okay, I'll have yes. to look him up and see how much corrupt he's going to charge as me. As corrupt can be. So, yeah. Yes. Oh, oh, they yes. didn't like it when I called him out on that too. I said, "That's the, where's the due process in that?" There's <laughs> and like got really mad. But yeah, yeah, so so you have the state in New York picking winners and losers and, and like anything else, it's like, just, they won't even tell you what the process is. They won't tell you what their criteria is to get on the green. It's an internal black box. Because then you, you, then,
0: then, then the consultants can't grift, Mm -hmm. right? The whole point is consulters grifting off of a government policy. That's the whole point. And if you actually found a way to do it without the consultant, the grift goes away and they can't have that. They have to make sure the grift exists. This whole thing was done. There was no need for a bit license. It was It was simply a way of, oh, my God, I could grift like there's no tomorrow. And they jumped on it.
1: That's what yeah, happened. I, I remember when I was – I grew up in the Detroit area, and I remember a long time ago when they were legalizing Indian casinos in the city of Detroit. <laughs> And yes. and I remember at the time, the mayor of Detroit got to pick and choose which one. They only had a certain number of licenses and the mayor got to pick them. I'm like, of course. <laughs> so, yeah, it's the same old stuff, but it's government picking winners and losers. And I'm just saying this from a, from a project standpoint, I'm trying to be proactive and say, hey, I'm willing to submit myself to your mercy. I believe that we've done everything right. And I believe we'll pass any reasonable test because we have done things right. Let me get on your list. Nope. Can I apply? Nope. Nope. Can I throw my hat in the ring? Nope. How do you do that? We're not telling. Yeah. (laughs) And (laughs) and there are repercussions whatsoever.
0: They will, they will just grift. I agree. So (laughs) we're going to agree on grifting. I got that. Um, (laughs) AMG says misspelling doesn't work in comments anymore, man. I thought it did look at that. I'm beat up. anyway. So that means like comment and share even more guys. If it doesn't work
1: like comment and, and share. Uh, so most people do typos royalty. anyway. You think it'd be just natural? Again? What most people write can't type or can't spell anyway. And just That's typos true. are just normal. <laughs> Probably true. Like, I might so says be horrible.
0: Permanent royalties, great
1: for musicians. Uh-huh. Can it work for music too? Then can it work for absolutely. other things? Not just absolutely, art? absolutely. You could release an artist can release NFTs of a special edition song, um, and then depending on the blockchain and the contract and. Understand this is brand new. So like Tusk, we will have that with Tusk. But Ethereum blockchain doesn't have the royalty thing in yet. That'll be coming out next year, I heard. They got an EIP or an Ethereum improvement proposal already in the works for that. Um, So but some other blockchains do have it already. So I would say that that's the future. Again, I always think about where is this going to go? So imagine if you release a film, for Mm. instance, a movie, and then you make – and then you make every person who was an actor or maybe at least a, a producer or something, uh, they all launch the contract and they all have their wallet address hard-coded into that. So every time that movie is bought, for instance, as an NFT, everybody who's a part of that original contract that launched it gets an automatic royalty. You don't even, it takes away all the middlemen. It takes away the middleman. It takes all that friction out. And so now artists and so before. So what was happening before is right now, it's like, let's think of YouTube. Look, there's a lot of artists that are getting their start on YouTube with musicians yep. and things like that. But Absolutely. then but now who's the who's the middleman? YouTube is now with their ads deciding if you're a winner or a loser, essentially. Correct. And then they just take their monetary policy. Now, you don't even have to do that. You could do two. You could just release as an NFT. And now there is no gatekeeper. You have a direct way to sell music and you could do special NFTs for special purposes. You could do one, one off editions. You can do all these things, especially if you're working with the community. Um, and we got a lot of interesting things we're going to be doing with NFTs. I'm working on this NFT project, this side project from Tusk. It's different than Tusk. Um, and there's lots of interesting things you can do with the community with NFTs. And I think the big power with NFTs is not just the art and multimedia. It's the future of NFTs is fractionalizing the ownership of yeah. physical things. Yeah. Think or, of NFTs. Or I as would a say deed. Even d-
0: democratizing it.
1: Here's something that's never happened before. So so rich people really get lots of opportunities to invest in things, whether oh, yeah. they're accredited investors, early VC stuff, you have to be an accredited investor. Everyday middle-class people can invest in the best investments, right? You can't get into Facebook unless you're you're an accredited investor. I means you're typically a millionaire. You have to have a million dollars in assets or $300,000 in annual salary, blah, 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 to become an accredited investor. You can invest mm-hmm. in early stage investments. Sure. And so, but NFTs are interesting. So this is what NFTs will do in the future and people are already working on this and I can say we're going to be working on this too is fractionalizing ownership of physical things or tokenizing ownership of physical things and issuing fractional deeds of ownership as nft so let me give you an example and what the problem solves. so let's say you had a like a Stradivarius violin worth 10 or 20 million dollars okay and you're a rich guy and, and maybe you want to sell it Okay. But you don't want to sell it all. You could go through and issue NFTs and sell the NFTs representing fractional ownership of that Stradivarius violin. And mm. now what happens is, and me as a middle class guy, I can't afford to buy a Stradivarius violin as an investment or a Mona Lisa level art or a Rembrandt piece of art. But what you could do is you could, you could, for instance, you could form a DAO, a decentralized organization that holds control of that physical violin, or physical work of art, sell off fractional ownership to maybe a 1,000 or 10,000 people. And now those NFTs are now the ownership pieces or the ownership interest in that rare fine instrument or fine, you know, um, painting, fine art painting. And so what happens is now middle-class people will get access to investing in things only rich people typically could do. But here's the thing. You can now buy – you can take now, let's just say I own one 100,000th or one 10, of the Mona Lisa. Now, I can sell that or trade that on an exchange like I would a stock. That's but a whole an, new
0: stock market now.
1: It's a whole new stock market now. But here's the thing. We're talking about trillions of dollars in physical liquidity or physical assets that can be tokenized and traded like stocks. That can never be done before. So let's just say – Yeah, but if I'm the New York Stock Exchange, I'm not happy about this. Okay, so – I'm not happy. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa.
0: I got the monopoly on this. I'm not letting you guys come in and take my
1: cash, my money. Well, Let me take it one step further. What happens if you form a DAO and say, we're going to buy three violins? $30 $30 million. We're going to sell off these fractional NFTs as ownership of these three violins. You kind of, the DAO acts as like a homeowners association and manages yeah. those, those physical instruments. And now, and the value of, and I didn't know this till very recently. So I'm not a fine instrument expert, but I talked to my friend who is, and he says the value of a Stradivarius goes up depending on who plays it. Oh, sure. What, what concerts it was in, who was yep. in, like if, uh, let's just say if Bill Clinton or the Queen of England were in a concert where this violin was played, the value of that violin increases. 100%. But what happens yeah. is now, what happens if you do a special NFT that has a recording of that violin? You sell that file with a picture of the sure. violin, a yep. recording of the sound footprint of or fingerprint of that violin. And that's your ownership deed in that. But every time it goes out to and gets played. Maybe there's a kickback to the DAO that owns that. And now that gets, save, that gets like divvied out and distributed and airdrop dividends to the holders of those NFTs. I like that. That's so, never happened before. So um, let's, let's, let's go to Crappy Art. Tell me about Crappy Art. So Crappy Art is this decentralized autonomous organization that we created to do what we call generative NFT drops and what generative that means generative nft drops yes so right. generative nfts are a type of art that's really popular where you might issue maybe somewhere between 1000 and 10000 pieces of basically a lot of them are, most of them are like little cartoon avatars um, but right. what happens is is they're randomly drawn so the the artwork hold on they're randomly may, drawn they're randomly created, so what? What this is really complicated. So what, what ends up happening is, so with our, we're just doing a drop called Undead Presidents, and the pre-sale is Undead Monday. Presidents. Undead, Undead
0: Presidents. Undead Presidents.
1: So what we did is, uh, we commissioned an artist um, okay. to design uh, art around several ex-presidents and like vampires and mummies and kind of a Halloween oh, theme. But the artist okay. creates literally, a, I think we got about eighty or ninety different pieces of art, and what happens is. You take all the base art and all these like accessories and backgrounds and all these different attributes, and then you run them through a computer program, and it combines them in a randomized way, based on different rarity table that we create. So we said if there's a cigar on Bill Clinton, it only appears on five percent of the different NFTs, and then I had to pick a cigar, up- didn't you? I did. And we did. And we also did a, we also did a blue dress. <laughs> so, of course uh, you did. so we're doing something really funny, but the idea is, and then when you go to mint, so we're doing a minting of 3000, um, which is like a kind of Halloween cheeky. We're throwing rocks at all the presidents. Um, and then the idea is that on minting day, when you go to mint, you don't know which one you're going to get. So we have 3000. Mm. We randomly generated through with all the different variations and then when you go to buy it on, say, when the sale opens, you, you know, basically connect your Ethereum wallet, hit mint, you don't know which one you're going to get. And so, oh, is- well, someone's going to be mad if they like hate
0: Bush or something. In fact, Rich just said, I don't want Obama. So she, he doesn't want an Obama. So if he gets an Obama, he's going to sell that fast.
1: But what if the Obama goes up? Maybe other people like Obama and they'll pay you three times what you paid to mint it. See that, Rich?
0: You should, you should,
1: money's more important than how you feel about Obama. Listen to what the man's telling
0: you. Take your Obama, be smart, wait until somebody wants to buy it, and then make some cash in Obama.
1: See that? And so, but in this case, so what we're doing is we created, so a lot of people create a community and do one drop of like 10,000. That's kind of what they're doing right now. We decided we're going to go a little rare. We're only doing, we're only issuing 3,000, but what we're doing under this banner of crappy art is we're going to do a series of drops, maybe one a quarter. So we're planning to do four next year. And we're going to hopefully do two this year. So we're going to do this one and maybe one right around the beginning of the year, end of this year. Um, We're going to kind of choose an interesting theme. But then on top of that, we've we've partnered with a charity and we're going to do that with each drop. So what we did is we partnered with the Watsy charity, and they're a charity that does crowdsourcing and crowdfunding of surgeries for people in need. Um, It's really cool. They got a 100% rating with Charity Navigator. Um, They're crypto native, um, and they're very open. They're very supportive working with us. And what we decided to do, which is unlike any other NFT drop, um, we literally hard-coded their Ethereum wallet address into our smart contract. So their cut is 10%. And straight across the board, if we oh, sell, if it. we okay. sell, if we sell fifty, they get paid for fifty. They get ten percent of the fifty we sell. If we sell all three thousand, they get you know ten percent of all three thousand. If we sell out at the minting price we're doing, because we're charging 0.08 ETH or Ethereum to buy one right now, that's that's our base minting price. Um, they'll make over hundred thousand dollars, and then we're nice. also giving them four of the NFTs after minting for their own collectible holdback if so it goes when up I and goes. Cool, sharp NFTs. I got to come to you maybe we got, some, I, we got some interesting ideas that we're talking to some other influencers too about doing some very unique things that have not been done with NFTs before So, I'll talk to you about it because I'm coming up with like my mind just explodes now that I know what the technology can do um, well, we what if I really, only want to
0: do it in Tusk and you can only buy it in Tusk you gotta wait till next year <laughs> I got to do it next year. All right. That's fine. I got time. Maybe we do it next well, year. We'll, we'll
1: do some we, TUSK we'll, ones. I, I will say the long-term goal is that we want to build an open-source NFT marketplace on TUSK, and then we want to create a bridge to Ethereum so when the crappy art ones that have been minted on Ethereum will be able to bring brought over to the TUSK blockchain. Gotcha. And then okay. we're looking at doing some things late next year with uh, NFT grant games under this crappy art umbrella. And then we're even talking about having a conference called CrappyCon in 2023 which will be like digital art and collectibles expo. So we're kind of just, we're brainstorming all these different things that we can do. I like it. But instead of making one community around one drop, we want to build like a big community around a series of drops. And then we want the community. So what we're going to do is on the next drop, we're going to let the community on um, that we've been building, they're going to pick the charity partner, for instance, and then okay. um, and so we're going to let the community drive this stuff. And this is what's the fun part about this. To me, the NFT thing, I love. Toss, don't get me wrong, but this this thing's about. I'm I'm kind of a creative guy. I do metal sculptures and metal art and a little bit of photography. And so I'm a creative too. And once I start really learning about NFTs, I'm like my mind is racing. But we. This is strictly a a, a fun thing. Learning about the technology, learning how to democratize art, where yep. anybody who now, I mean, think about it, like who's a gatekeeper in the art world? It's the galleries, it's the auction houses. If you auction don't know house. someone, 100%. right? Those are the those are the ones picking the winners and losers. Well, with NFTs, you don't have to go to them. You so hold on, Let
0: me get one more comment. Christy brings up a very important piece. Christy says, "Master's degree here, and I literally cannot grasp the concepts of mining or trading any crypto." Seems to me that it's fundamentally part of a freer future. Maybe not in New York, she says. No, in New York too, Christy. Um, where, you would su- where would you suggest a total newbie start learning, participating, investing in, in crypto? Do you have maybe some place someone should look to start? Is there such a place?
1: Uh, wow, that's, that's tough. So definitely Crypto Twitter and Clubhouse have lots of different rooms, lots of different spaces, lots of different Hold people. On. Crypto you can find- Twitter Clubhouse? Well, Clubhouse is an app. It's dropped Rhino in. Yeah. And then Twitter. A lot of the crypto world is on Twitter. So those two Got platforms okay. are Thank very you. big for the crypto. That's where the crypto people hang out. Got um, it. Twitter and, and Clubhouse. So- yeah. Clubhouse is good. In fact, we, I go into a couple, of, I'm on clubhouse every day and we now have crappy yard slash tusk room too on, on clubhouse that we just started. Um, so I would say one, um, Christy, there, there's lots of great information out there. And I think the first thing you want to do is start learning about maybe start with Bitcoin. That's, that's where we all get our start Step in this one, right? Um, sure. there's a great book called the Bitcoin standard. So you want to understand what Bitcoin's about. Um, and then you can start learning about other projects. And then I always say that investing in crypto is high risk, high reward investing. And I think of it like angel investing more than anything, because it's your, like your early stage investing right now in protocols and foundations of the digital future. And that sounds like a lot of big words, but I mean, it. I mean, really, it's like right now what crypto is doing, it's transforming the way. Business will be done. It's transforming the financial world. It's going to be transforming the e commerce world. It's going to be transforming the information and art worlds. And right. in the next 10 years, So understand, we're like dial up modem stage of these technologies. So we're like late nineties right now, where everybody's transitioning now from their AOL email address to Hotmail email address. And I'm old enough to remember those days. Um, and that's where we are with this technology. So the question is, when do you want to buy Amazon stock and where do you want to buy Google stock and when do you want to buy Amazon, you know, Apple stock? A whole it's, lot more years ago, yes, it, it, many right. many years ago. Absolutely, and so, yes. So understand yes. How, what happened with the dot com boom, and what email did to business, and what the dot- e commerce did to business. This is going to do to banking and communications and art, and so okay. and, and a lot of other pieces. Um, so, um, so and so understand.
0: Let me grab to... Ryan real fast. Ryan says, I've been wanting to do an NFT line. Where do you upload them to? H- how does someone get involved in NFT then? If, if she's asking, how do you get a hold and kind of understand the, the Bitcoin or the or the blockchain? Right.
1: I think Ryan's saying, how do I get involved in the NFT? Is it going to be like an open C? Is that going to be it? So there's actually, so one, start with which blockchain do you want to mint on? And there's a big decision there. So um, so there's like three or four major blockchains out there right now that all allow NFT creation on them. So Solana is newer, cheaper, faster. Ethereum is older, slower, more expensive, but that's where most of the valuable NFT's are being launched. Um, and so you got to pick a blockchain first. So Ethereum... Solana, Wax. There's a few of them, and soon to be Tusk. I think Tezos as well, Um, and I'm missing some. I'm sure there's more. Um, And then there's different marketplaces built on top. So think of like eBay or Amazon. So, uh, so just on the Ethereum blockchain, you have OpenSea as an NFT marketplace. Now these are companies. That are building marketplaces on blockchain. So think of blockchain as the back end, and then think of private businesses that build on top of them. And so OpenSea is the biggest one. Look, Ryan's
0: just going to follow you on Twitter and ask you. So you might just call them and talk to them.
1: Absolutely. So uh, look at OpenSea. That's what Ryan's going to do. So um, if you want to get started for cheap, look at Solana and, and look at Wax. If you wanted, if you really want to make money and you want to take your time and, and go for bigger players and more valuable NFTs, you're going to look at Ethereum blockchain-based NFTs right now. And that would be OpenSea because they're the biggest marketplace. That's where the biggest and most expensive ones are bought and sold right now.
0: There we go. Well, guys, what I'd like you to do for me, if you would, is a couple of things. Number one, as you hear me talk all the time, please like, comment, share. I know I bug you. It matters. Please do it. Let people know this is out there. It does matter. But something else, please take the world's, um, I'm sorry, the Identity Politics and Political Correctness Service. I was going to say the world's most of quiz. That also works. But click that link there. Take that. Share it with others. It does matter. They're my sponsors. But something else, head on over to crappy.art and check out what Rob is talking about. Check out if you want an undead president or Thing, please enjoy. You'll see what <laughs> NFTs are about. It's actually a fun site. I looked at it. There's some interesting stuff on it. You can check it out if you want to. Please head over crappy.art. And you can follow uh, Rob if you want to on Twitter. If you want to grab him too. And by the way, in about 15 minutes, I'm coming back on, on my Larry Sharp uh, properties. And I'm going to talk to you about how, if you want to, you can donate to me with Bitcoin. I'm going to talk about Bitcoin, the Bit License. I'm going to cover a little bit of that at about 8 p.m. this evening Right now, I'm going to say goodbye to all you guys. And, Rob, anything you want to say before we wrap things up?
1: Uh, thank you very much for being here. Uh, appreciate everybody listening. I also I love being on your show, Larry, and I love hanging out with you guys. And uh, I appreciate your time. And if you can, check out crappy.art or just follow me on Twitter. I'm just at Rob McNeely. There we go. Guys, thank you so much. Have a great day. I will see you all,
0: hopefully, in about 15 minutes.